Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. Today, we're continuing our series called uh, Beyond Blessed. The whole idea behind this, this message series is to, to truly understand the, the heart and the nature of God. And, and I believe that it's God's heart and it's, it's who he is to bless us. That God wants to bless our children. Us, as we bless our children, we are his children and he wants to bless us. I don't believe that God wants to keep any good thing from us. I believe that God wants to give us good things. I believe God wants to bless our lives. I believe there are times that God may say no to our prayer requests or may withhold things from us because we're just not ready for them. I, I use the analogy that I know that, that my kids would love to, to drive a car right now, but they're not ready to drive a car. They're not ready for an automobile yet. It's not that I don't love them. It's I know they're not ready. They're not ready for that responsibility yet. It doesn't mean that I don't love them. It doesn't mean that I don't care about them. It just means that I actually do love them, and I do care about them because I don't want them to crash and hurt themselves or hurt someone else. But I truly believe that it's God's heart to bless us, that we must be willing to receive God's blessings, and we have to be ready to be used by God to be a blessing to others. Because I truly believe that's what it comes down to, is that God wants to bless us so we can in turn be a blessing to someone else. And, and that's part of our outreach is that we put what we're talking about into practice. That God has blessed us, and so let's be a blessing to others. It does no good to keep resources to ourselves, but let's go and bless, expand the kingdom of God. Let's be good stewards with what God has given to us. Last week I talked about the idea of, of two ditches. That you know, oftentimes we can get caught in two different areas. We can get caught in the poverty mindset or the poverty ditch, and that you know believes that you know as believers we shouldn't have anything, that we shouldn't have material possessions, we should live in poverty. But I don't believe that that's what God is calling us to do. But then there's a ditch of materialism that it's all about stuff and accumulating things, and I believe we shouldn't live there either. But it's the the middle road, the stewardship road that God has called us to, that we be good stewards of everything that God has blessed us with. That, that he wants us to use the resources that he has blessed our lives with and in turn give it to others. That, that we shouldn't hold on to everything, but everything God has given to us, we hold with open hands. And, and as long as God allows us to keep it, we will. But if he says give it, then we give. That we don't just hold on to it. And the materialism says I hold on to it. The gospel is not a poverty gospel. It's not a prosperity gospel. It's a provision gospel. That God will provide every single, every single one of our needs. Everything ultimately belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Let's take a look at a couple verses this morning. Psalm chapter 24 verse 1. If you want to turn there you can. It will be up on the screen. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world, all who live in it. Pretty simple. There's not a whole lot of, well, let's really dig into this. Pretty straightforward. Everything that is in the earth is God's. Pretty straightforward. Don't you love it when the Bible is straightforward on things? There's not a whole lot of guessing. There's not a whole lot of, you know, we really need to dig into everything belongs to God. Well, if you need more convincing, how about jump over to Psalm chapter 50, verse 10 through 12. For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. My mom used to quote that verse all the time. I will remember that verse until the day I die. Verse 11, I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. 
Again, reinforcing everything belongs to God. Everything in the world is God's. And it's important we understand this truth. Everything belongs to God. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's his. Nothing is truly ours. Everything belongs to God. He created it. He spoke it into existence. We can work for it. We can earn it. But at the end of the day, it's all God's. He allows us to work for it. He allows us to earn it. But ultimately, it's all God's. Very important that we understand that because when we get that fact, it unlocks so much for us. As believers, when we understand this key principle, everything belongs to God. But why is that so important? If we understand that everything in the world is God's, that nothing is ours, then all that, that we, and then when he asks us to give, then we don't grieve over it. You cannot grieve over something that's not yours. You cannot be sad over something that is not yours. If God gives you something, he's allowing us to hold on to it for a while, but ultimately it's his. He is the owner of that. And when he says, give it, okay, I'll give it. I can't grieve over something that's not mine. I'm just holding it for God. He's allowing me to hold on to it. We can't be upset because it's ultimately all God's. And when we understand that, our perspective changes. That everything, our worldview, everything, that nothing is mine. That this church is God's. This is not my church. This is, this is not any one individual. This is all God's. That God is going to take care of his church. That has unlocked so many things for me that, that early in my ministry that I realized this is all yours. You're just allowing me to be a good steward of what you have placed in my hands. But ultimately it's yours. You're going to take care of it. This is not one person's church. This is your church. That we have to be good stewards of what he has given to us. That God will bless our lives. That God will bless us greatly. But it ultimately is all his. God blesses supernaturally. And that's the wonderful thing about God is that he not only blesses us, but it goes into the supernatural. Things that we can't even fathom. Things that we can't even understand that God begins to do. And is able to do. But we have to understand First thing, everything belongs to God. Look at Exodus chapter 13, verse 2. It says, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Exodus chapter 23, a couple chapters over, verse 19. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 through 5. In the course of time, Cain brought some first fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry and his face was downcast. All right, so I read those verses to, to understand the importance of giving God our first. The principle of the first fruit. That when we understand everything is God's, but then he asks us to give of our first fruit. Now, what does this mean? We can clearly see through scripture that God desires that we bring the first to him. Known as a tithe. That we bring our first fruit to him. But I've heard this many times. But pastor, that was under the Old Testament law. 
That, that's not for us today. That was, you know, we don't live under the law anymore, right? Absolutely, we don't live under the law. Jesus came and, and he fulfilled the law. We do not live under the law. But that doesn't mean that we still don't understand the principle of the first fruit, the principle of the tithe. Just because we don't live under the law any longer doesn't mean that that has gone aside, that we don't have to follow that any longer. So let me unpack this a little bit more. Now, there, there are some difficult things for us to, to wrap our minds around, but, but there's some other things that, that we can understand to make it a little bit more, uh, something complex to be a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, palatable. For instance, murder was in the law, correct? You should not murder. But yet, before the law, it was wrong to murder, right? Okay. So just because something wasn't in the law, or was not, the law wasn't given, there were still principle of things that we should and should not do. All right, let me unpack this for a minute, okay? Look, I've, got a, I've got a slide. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a slide. You can go ahead and uh, put it up on the screen. I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't let you know that before, Abby. Thank you. All right, so up here. So Cain and Abel, all right, roughly around 4,000 B.C. The law was given 1,500 B.C. So there were about 2,500 years... All right, between Cain and Abel when the law was given. But yet we see in this passage that, that, that Cain's offering was not acceptable. Why? Why was it not acceptable? Again, this wasn't the law that, that, to, to give a tithe. This was you know, well before the, the law was given to tithe. God accepted the first fruit of Abel but not the offering of Cain because it was not the first fruit offering. Go back to Exodus, or go back to Genesis, if you can, pop that verse up. Exodus chapter 4, verse 3 through 5, because I've had people look at this, and why was God... Go back to verse 5. But on Cain, or verse 4, fat portions from some of the firstborn... Sorry, I'm all over the place. I know that. Fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. I'm excited about this. I'm just all over it, okay? Follow track with me. It's all up here. I'm just trying to get it out. But understanding the principle of the first fruit, this was given well before the law. So we are not living under the law now, but it's still a principle that we must understand. They understood, Cain and Abel understood the principle well before the law. That, they, that both of these offerings, one was just an offering and one was a first fruit of the offering. Cain's offering was not accepted because it was just an offering. Abel gave of the first fruit, the principle of the first. God accepted that offering. Give first. Just because the, the, the law has been fulfilled doesn't mean it's an important, it's not a principle that we should not abide by. Again, murder was not given in the law, but it was still wrong. <laughs> there was still punishment if you murdered somebody before the law was given. Go back to that slide if you can. Another example of that. Genesis chapter 14, we see that Abraham gives a tenth of everything. He gives a tenth of everything. And this, again, was before the law. You can show the next one as well. So, so Abraham ties about 2,000 B.C. And, again, the law was given about 1,500 B.C. Why did Abraham do that? He understood the principle of the first fruit. Well before the law was given, the understanding and the principle was clear that we should give a part of the first fruit that God has allowed us to have. The first belongs to God. The tithe belongs to God. 
Joshua 7, Malachi 3 are clear about what God thinks about those who do not give the tithe. That we're stealing from God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to steal anything from God. I don't want to take anything. I want God to to bless my life. I don't want to take anything from him. But if I'm not giving of my tithe, it says we're stealing from him. If If you had a sheep that had a lamb, you gave the first to God. Why? It takes a step of faith to give the first one and not the tenth one. If you have a sheep and it has babies and you wait until, well, I'll wait until I get all ten and then I'll give the last one, that doesn't take a whole lot of faith. But when you give that first one, that's where the faith comes in. That's where the trust comes in. And that's what God is asking and requiring us to do. When, when the Israelites were going into Jericho, God said, bring all the treasures to the, to the house of the Lord. Why did God say that? It was the first city that they came across. The first city. And he said, bring all of it to the house of the Lord. But what happened when they kept some? The next battle at Ai. They should have defeated Ai. This was a small city. They should have completely leveled it in no time flat. But they didn't give of their first. They didn't give all of their first. And so the next battle was a struggle. Leviticus 27.30. A tithe of everything from the land. Whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. God wants our first. God wants the first 10% of what he has blessed our lives with. Not just 10% but the first 10% because that's where faith comes in. And I don't know why God created 10%. Why is it 10%? Why isn't it 5%? Maybe because we're not that great at math. And so 10% is an easy number, right? I mean, we can all, whether you're a great mathematician or not, we were um, at the store the other day, and and then the computers went down, and and if, you know, trust me, I'm no great mathematician at all, anything like that, but the cashier, like, it went down, and so, like, had to do it by hand. We were there for, like, 30 minutes. Like, here, just take my money. I don't even care. Don't figure it out right, like, but 10% is easy. We can all, whether you're great at math or not, and it's all equal. 10 is all equal. We all, whether you make $100 million or $1,000, it's all equal. But the bottom line is this. God's not interested in your money because it's his anyway. Everything, it, everything when we understand that, it all belongs to him. It is not yours. What is in your checking account? What is in your stock portfolio? It is not yours. It all belongs to God. He is not interested in your money. He is interested in your heart. That is what it all comes down to, is what is in our heart. Not what is in our material possessions or what we value, but what is in our heart. Tithing isn't about legalism. It comes down to spiritual life. That's what God is concerned about. See, it's easy for us to, to, I won't say easy, but many of us, we come to a point where we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus for salvation. And we trust him that, that when we breathe our final breath, that, that we believe that Jesus is the Lord of our life, that he died on a cross and rose three days later, and we put our faith and our hope and trust in that, but yet we don't trust him with our finances. How in the world can we put our trust in, in our salvation and our eternity, but yet won't trust him in our finances? That is where tithing comes in. That is where the principle of giving the first fruit, it's about our heart. The principle of putting God first. Are we putting him first in every area of our lives? 
But I understand this as well. I understand that there are many people that live paycheck to paycheck. That they look at their bills on, at a monthly and go, man, there's more bills than there's money coming in. So how in the world, is, God, how do you expect me to tithe when I can't even meet my monthly obligations? I can't even meet my bills. Well, there's an illustration of this in 1 Kings. We don't have to go there. You don't have to go there this morning. But there was a severe drought in the land. There was a famine. And Elijah came to a widow's house. You're probably familiar with the story. We even looked at it on Wednesday nights. But there's this severe drought in the land. And, and Elijah needs something to eat. He needs something to drink. He needs rest. And God sends him to the widow. And he goes to the widow and says, please, can you just give me rest? Can you give me something to drink? And can you give me, can you give me a little piece of bread? Can you give me something? And she, her reply, I, I love the story. Read it on your own time. But she's like, I don't have anything. And what I, what I do have, I'm about to make this little bit. And, and me and my son, we're going to eat it and we're going to die. Like, it's just plain as day, straightforward. Like, we have no hope. We're going to make my last meal and, and sayonara, we're out of here. But God sent Elijah to her for a reason. And he said, if you just make a little bit for me, use what you have, God is going to provide for the rest. God is going to provide for you. That he will keep providing. There will be enough oil and enough flour until the rain returns to the land. Why did God send Elijah to a widow? There were other wealthy people in the area. There were tons of wealthy people that had Tons of flour and tons of oil, but God sent him to a widow? God, do you not care about her? Do you not love, love her? Why would you put her in that position? He put her in that position because he loved her and he cared about her. God sent Elijah to her to meet her need. If only first she would take a step of faith. If you just take this step of faith, all your needs are going to be met. But I only have this little bit. God, why did you send her? Because I'm going to provide. And guess what the Bible says? He met all of her need. And they kept eating until there was, they were full. And there, there was never a need again. He could have easily sent him to a rich and wealthy person. But tithing wasn't for God. It was for her to meet her need. Tithing, giving of the first fruit is for us. It's for us to benefit because everything belongs to God. All the cattle on a thousand hills, that's a lot of cows. It all belongs to him. He doesn't need it. It's all his anyway. He's asking, do we trust him? Do you trust me in this? Maybe you're missing out on some of God's blessings because you haven't put first things first. Maybe not everything is first. That you've trusted God in other areas, but you're not trusting in this area. Let me finish this, this, this morning a story about uh, Jake and Julie. Jake and, and Julie were a pretty typical couple. They, they had heard a little bit about God. They really never went to church that much. Till one time, somebody invited them to church, and, and they began attending church. And they were you know, just kind of figuring this whole faith thing out. And finally, they came to a point where they said, you know what, I, this whole God thing must be real. There's no way, there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's clear what, you know, they began studying the Bible, and, and this is true, that what God is doing in my life, this is true. And, and so they started getting involved in the church, and they were serving in different areas, and, and they were just plugging in. But, but there was one area that, that they really hadn't fully grabbed a hold of yet, and, and it was the area of tithing. 
And so they had discussions about it. And, and quite honestly, J- Julie was more open to it than Jake was. And, and so Jake, he's like, I, 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 I get everything else. I, I see what the Bible says and I trust Jesus for my, but why, God, why does God need my money? Why does he need my money? So you see what our monthly bills are. Why in the world would God ask us to give 10% of what we have? It just, it makes absolutely no sense. And so they, they, they faced a decision. Their monthly bills were as such that, you know, again, they were living paycheck to paycheck. That they were trying to, to cut down on their debt. They were trying to do some things, but just week after week, nothing was changing. They were doing the same thing, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result. So they were at a crossroads. We believe everything else the Bible says. We put our hope and our faith and our trust in Jesus. We love our church. We're serving. They got baptized the whole nine yards, but this one area. And so, so they sat down with the pastor and said, you know what, we just... We, we want to take this step of faith. We're just not sure. And he said, I promise you, you've seen the scripture. You've, you've heard the teaching. Just, it's up to you. You have to be willing to take this step of faith. So they were at a crossroads. Do we continue down this path or do we do something different? So they sat. They prayed. They talked. They talked a little bit more. They prayed a little bit more. So the next payday, they finally said, okay, next payday. We're going to give the first 10%. They both were on the same page. They understood. This is how much money we make a month. This is what our bills come to. And I just don't see how it's going to happen. I just, I don't see it. But we're going to do it. So the next payday rolls around and, and Julie went on the church website, logged in, gave. Very next day, Jake got an email from uh, another company in town and said, hey, we came across your resume. We'd like to interview you for a job. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm looking for a new job, anything. So he goes in, has the interview. After the interview, he calls his wife and says, Julie, you're not going to believe this. Just like this, this company, they, they want to bring me in. The hours are better. The benefits are better. And it's more than what I was getting paid before. 24 hours after they took a step of faith, changed their trajectory. They realized there's something to this. That if we take a step of faith, that God is going to meet our needs. And not only meet our needs, but he's going to give us more. But we have to be willing to take that step of faith. We have to be willing to trust God, even when it may not make sense. You see, Jake and Julie's story is not different. And I've changed their name for obvious reasons. But their story is not different than many people. That, that when it comes to giving our tithe and giving what God has blessed our lives with, it can be a struggle. I'm not standing up here today saying, oh man, it's easy. It's wonderful. I struggled with it. I personally struggle with it going, God, I, I just don't make that much money. I, you, know, I, you know I'm in ministry. I didn't go in for the money. I don't, you get it. Like it's hard. I, I've got student loan bills and I've got three kids that we're trying to raise. It's just, it's not, huh, I don't get it. But he said, trust me in this. Trust me in this. And I, I, from my own personal testimony, that when I give and I am faithful in giving, God meets every single one of my bills and I have extra to give. But the times in my life that I took over and went, well, you know, uh, you know what, we've got a little bit extra expenditures this month, so you know what, maybe I'll just eat back and I won't give the full 10%. At the end of the month, I'm going, what in the world happened? What happened? Because I wasn't faithful. I didn't give as I, I, was, I was supposed to. And then I got things back in line and I gave the first. 
And God has met every single one. I'm not living this, this wonderful lap of luxury lifestyle. Let me No, yes, I am. I, just because I don't have a mansion doesn't mean you're not living in the lap of luxury. God has met every single one of my needs. He has blessed me beyond that. He, he, he gives us the opportunity to do things with my family because I know he loves and cares about me. You might be like Jake and Julie, and you may just be struggling with this. And I want to encourage you to put first things first. Give God the first. I'm not going to take up an offering again. We already did that a few minutes ago. All right? I'm not going to do that again. I'm not twisting anybody's arm. I get it. Talking about money in church, I, there are some days I'd rather talk about sex than I'd talk about money. And I don't like talking about either of those in church. But it's clear that I don't want you to miss out on a blessing. It's my job as pastor to preach his, his word, and I don't want you to miss out on something that God has for you. You might be here today, and, and you have a story like Jake and you're like, hey, that was us. That we struggled, that, that we fought, and we just didn't see. And, and, and I know there are couples that do that too, that, that you know, that the, the, the wife is more, more than willing. And the husband's like, hey, no, that's my paycheck. You're not giving that to anybody. I had to counsel a couple that the, 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 the lady, she's like, yeah, I secretly give to the church. I said, no, 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 no. Don't you dare do that. I said, be honest. Her husband wasn't a believer. I said, don't you dare do that. You both need to be on the same page. I understand your heart, but you need to be on the same page. If you get an income and you want to tithe off of that, then that's perfectly fine. But what you make together, you need to be on the same page. So again, my heart today is simply this, that, that I want you to hear what God is speaking to us. The principle of the first fruit, the principle of the tithe is clear in God's word. And I hope that you've seen the examples today say, you know what, that maybe that's something you have to think about and pray about, that it may be a struggle. But I want you to receive all the blessings that God has for you. All across the room, if you would, close your eyes, bow your heads. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you that you are a loving, caring God. I thank you for blessing each and every one of us. Thank you, God, for giving us all that you have. May we be good stewards with what you have blessed. We understand that everything is yours. Everything in this world is yours. May we treat it as such. But not even just with our finances, but everything that you blessed our lives with. And that we use it to serve you, that we give it to you to advance the kingdom so that all may know the name of Jesus and have a relationship with him. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to those that may be like Jake and Julie today. That this is an area that, that it's scary, that it, it's going to take a step of faith. I pray, God, that you would be with them. Give them courage and, and show them that it's okay you're going to lead and you're going to guide and that you are going to provide for those that have faithfully given for many many years God I pray that you continue to bless them may they walk in your favor and walk in, in the blessings and in turn continue to bless others and may we be known as a church that has a giving church that wants to bless others again God I pray that we would take your word to heart and that we would put first things first in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We serve a great God, amen. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? 
visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.